0: All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we're back for yet another episode, and I'm here with um, who is really a brand new friend. We're becoming friends, uh, Jody Ramos. Jody, thank you so much for making time for the Boca Podcast.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting.
0: Uh, I'm excited. I know you mentioned you're a little nervous, but I I think um, you actually have a lot to offer to the podcast, particularly with regards to what we're going to dig into today, and that is how to build a big photography business. And this may sound a little simplistic to those of you listening in, but, and and I realize, in fact, Jody and I were talking about this before we started recording. I realized that not every photographer wants to build this, you know, this crazy big business shooting tons of portrait sessions and tons of weddings and building a a studio, a team of photographers, but there is incredible opportunity out there to do just that. Um, And in various market segments, in fact, and I when when I had the opportunity to meet Jody at a recent photography conference I, and we started talking, I was like, oh, this is like this is ultimately a really cool opportunity for conversation. So I appreciate you making time to come on. And we're gonna get into that topic here in just a little bit. Just a brief introduction, if you don't mind. Whereabouts are you based and what type of photography does your studio offer?
1: Sure. Yeah. So we are based in Manchester, New Hampshire. So it's southern New Hampshire. And uh what's kind of cool about that is we're really an hour away from a lot of different great things. So, you know, we're an hour from Boston, we're an hour from the beach, the mountains. Wow. So it's kind of a nice hub and it allows us to kind of go to a lot of different places in a small radius. So, yep.
0: That reminds me actually of I, I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So we're about mm-hmm. 2 hours from Atlanta, 2 hours from Nashville. We have mountains around us, which is really great. But I'm missing the beach part.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do. I love the beach.
0: That would be Um, nice.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. You know, it keeps us on our toes. You know, every shoot can be a little bit different. Every wedding's a little different. It's uh, it's a good place.
0: That's really cool. And then what type of photography does your business, and by the way, your business is Milliard Studios. We'll link to this in the show notes. It's (laughs) Milliard Studios, just like it sounds, M-I-L-L. Y A R D Studios on Instagram and milliardstudios.com. We'll link to those in the show notes. But what type of photography do you all offer?
1: Yeah. So um we do a lot of weddings. That's our that's our main piece. Okay. But from there, we definitely do a lot of, you know, newborn sessions, maternity, boudoir, family. So it's kind of, you know, for us, it's like a little bit of every aspect in someone's life. So that's what's kind of makes it grow, is that you know we kind of grow with our clients and we get to watch them as they evolve through their life. So it's really, you know, it's a very rewarding process.
0: Yeah. it actually gives you an opportunity to develop a, a real relationship with them, I bet.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's wild to see, you know, like I'll look back at some of my clients and think, oh my gosh, you know, I remember doing their engagement session and now, you know, their parents and they're having their second baby. Yeah. And you know, it's really cool. <laughs>
0: That's really great. That's really cool. I, you yeah. know, I mean, there's something I know that we only have so much capacity for so many close relationships. But if yeah. if I wasn't in a business that involved relationships and opportunity for con- connection with other people like that, mm-hmm. I, I think I'd feel like I was missing out. I, I love that you have a model like that.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, and you'd be surprised. You know, so many people come in. You know, of course, you know, with their engagement, and then that evolves. But you, you know, the beauty of our business is that, you know, people come into us at all different points. So a mom might be coming in with their newborn, and then that evolves, you know, after she has the baby, Hey, you know what? I really want to feel good about myself again and just yeah. have like a little moment. So yeah, we do, you know, boudoir session or, you know, that can evolve into so many different things. So I'm always surprised in how many people want to do so many different things, you know, and for me as a, you know, as a mom myself and, you know, you are all of these things. So it's not weird for me. I think that sometimes people think, Oh, that's kind of weird. That's like a lot of different you know, genres and, but for me, I'm interested in all of those things. So why wouldn't my clients be?
0: Well, and you know, this really is a great segue actually into my next question. Uh, we talk a lot about brand position, this concept Mm -hmm. called brand position on the podcast. And it's one that's, it's not a phrase that you hear very often in the photography industry, Um, Mm -hmm. and, but the interesting thing about brand position is it's not that it doesn't suggest that we have to pick one type of photography. Um, the idea of brand position really sums up what a client or potential client, if they know about your brand, what they think about that brand, the first thing that comes to mind when they think about you. So if that's the case, then it actually gives you the freedom to, to potentially offer multiple types of photography as long as it fits under that one theme. So I'm curious, what is that theme? What is your business's brand position?
1: I mean, it really is just kind of following along in the journey of our clients' lives. And, you know, it's something that we're working more. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, we're working on getting some more of that like specific content on our website currently because we talk about it all the time, but um, that's really what we do here. And for me, it's just I love people. I love making people feel good about themselves. You know, we are really open here. Um, we celebrate all kinds of different love. So for us, it's just about celebrating that with our clients and being a part of it is is truly rewarding. I mean, for me, photography has never been about me. It's been about our clients mm-hmm. and how they feel. And it's just really important to me that you know we make everybody feel beautiful and special and and know that these parts of their lives are really important. And honestly, it's, it's truly an honor to be a part of that. can be a lot of pressure sometimes too. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but that's what we do. And, you know, we're just, uh, we're definitely all about just making people feel good.
0: I like that. But here's the thing though. I'm actually on the homepage of your site. I could see this tagline, milliard studios, Documenting your life's journey, like that, that could literally be. It could be. I mean, some people might call that a tagline, but it could also be your brand position. The other interesting mm-hmm. thing here, just to kind of give a little bit more insight into the idea of a brand position, it's not that there is no other photography studio in the, in the United States that that focuses on something similar. But what's interesting is, first of all, you're in a local market, so you have the opportunity to create a distinct position in your local market. And then in this process of developing a brand position that, that does actually position your brand, and I'm speaking to you, Jody, here, but I'm, I'm doing this for the sake of all of our listeners. So all of you sure. th- that are listening in, if you pick a brand position to, to stand on that enables you to, to create distinction between your brand and those photographers around you, as long as you're the first to kind of claim that so-called hill to stand on, to say, this is what our brand's about then you have the opportunity to, to kind of put your flag down and then create a brand experience that backs up that statement, that position statement. So this idea of documenting your life's journey, I mean, it's a, it's a big statement, but there's so much that you can <laughs> encompass underneath that position statement. And you're doing just that, which I think is a really, really cool thing. So for those of you listening in, I know I, I talk a lot about brand position, but this is actually a really interesting study in that. And um, Jody, I think you're, you're onto something.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and you know what? I'm curious. So first of all, how many years have you yeah. been in business at this point?
1: Yeah. So I started the business in 2010. So yeah. So what do we, what is that? Nine years?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Somewhere around years, there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so, it's really just evolved. Yeah.
0: And, well, it has. And so to that point, actually, what what would you say is one of the most important lessons that you've learned as a photography business owner so far? Like, If you had 15 seconds to share that piece of advice with somebody else, what would it be? Mm-hmm.
1: I would say, and this was hard for me in the beginning, <laughs> that you can really say anything you need to say as long as you smile. <laughs> and it sounds silly, but saying kind of no, but like here's why, and like this is what we do. Um, you know, you just really always just want to be nice, yeah. polite. It sounds so silly, but and, and I simple see a lot. And yet it's, it's sim- so powerful. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. I mean, we just want to make sure we are always really positive with people. So, but mm. that doesn't mean just saying yes to everything or, you know, giving away everything. You know, you can really say what you need to say, as long as you're polite, nice, and and have just a, a reason why, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, and, and a bit of empathy to go along with that. That it's, it reminds me of a Definitely. conversation that I have I've had with my team at Photographers Edit. We talk about the significance of that empathy and the way that we respond to an incoming customer ticket, for example, um, a support request of some kind. And instead of just saying, just, instead of just answering, throwing a little bit of empathy in there. And it can be tough with text, especially if you're you know, replying via email or a text message, uh, which in this day and age is quite common, but trying to figure out how to, if you don't, especially if you don't have an emoji to throw in there, try to figure <laughs> out how to communicate a certain amount of emotion and empathy Um, And kindness through that, it could be a little bit of a challenge, but making the extra effort, I I promise it will add up and make a difference in the way that others see your brand, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And as much as, um, yes, we do email, uh, a lot with our clients, but the more that we can be either on the phone or have somebody come in in person, I mean, it's huge. We understand not everybody can do that. And honestly, like a lot of our wedding clients aren't from the area, like they might be vacationing or have family here, you know, they're having a classic new England wedding. So, um, so there is a certain amount of that, that we're doing through email, but again, you know, I don't really send a lot of information, like just flat out through an email. I'm trying to communicate with people because yeah, you have to have that humanity part in there too.
0: For sure. Well, you've got a great voice for it. I I hear emotion in your voice and that, that definitely makes a difference. It, it, it's interesting. And again, this goes back to the idea of empathy. Um, And I know that some for, you know, one psychological reason or another may be, may kind of lend themselves to being a more empathetic individual than, than others. But you have to understand that people can read into the tone of your voice. They can read into the tone of your text. They can certainly read into the expression on your face, especially if you're meeting in person. And just mm-hmm. keeping that in mind and making the effort to... Um, you know, it's funny. I This is such a nerdy thing of me, but I will, I will literally create an expression on my face that reflects the text message that I'm sending. Um, and it's kind of a habit that I've developed, but it's, it's, it's this, this idea of kind of shifting into the mindset of, or into the, the I guess, the, the emotion of the moment in that text message conversation. And I, I think we can kind of do that across the board, whether it's in person or via email or text, if we shift our mind into that, that kind of positive happy, kind state, even if it's for the moment, you know, there may be other things going on. It can make an impact in the way that we engage with somebody else. And uh, I think that's really a great piece of advice. Time. I mean, you, you've, I know that <laughs> and we're going to get into this. You've got an extremely busy business, uh, mm-hmm. and amidst all of that craziness, how do you go about finding a little bit of time for yourself and for your family? How do you, do you have a workflow tip or technique that you can share with our listeners that has enabled you to find more time in your life?
1: Definitely. And this is huge. It's probably the most important thing, as you know, to really find that time because you can't work all the time. So, one of the main things that I do is I really map out everything uh, throughout oh. my whole year. So, it takes a lot of time and energy, but I go as far to map out our editing schedule. So, specifically for every single wedding, you know, this is day one, this is day two, um, when our blog posts are going up, when all of that. um, So that way we can get a real clear vision of what our year is going to look like. And I feel like I'm actually really lucky in a lot of ways because I can really map out, okay, hey, you know, this is the week of 4th of July. This is my summer week that I take off. Okay, I'm not booking any weddings that week. I can map out, you know, all the school vacations. Um, So it's kind of, I guess, uh, a lot up front. Um, it (laughs) it, It can take me, you know, a good solid day of kind of going through. But once I get you know, um, a vision of like, okay, this is how many weddings we have and when everything is going to happen. Then I can also map out my session schedule around that. So, you know, you only offer up when you want to be available for people. So with that, like our sessions, you know, we only take sessions on weekdays and weekday evenings. So, you know, if I have a Saturday off I'm not taking sessions. I'm at home. I'm living my life. Um, So I'm sure in some ways, you know, we could potentially be losing clients in a way, but at the same time, when you explain that very honestly to your clients, they understand like, Oh yeah, you guys shoot weddings too. Oh no, that makes sense. You know, we'll do a session on a weekday or, you know, the nice part is in the summer months, the sun is going down at, you know, seven 30 at night. Most people can do a session in the evening after work. So, you know, it's just really being clear to people about why. And, you know, people are very reasonable if you just kind of explain, hey,
0: this is why. It's communication. You're managing expectations yeah. proactively and you're doing it with a smile. So it's making it easier yeah. to, to take that information <laughs> in. So a few kind of follow up questions, thoughts here. First of all, you, you mentioned mapping out the year. And mm-hmm. is this something that you literally do at the beginning of the year for the whole year? Or are you doing it once a week or once a month? How does what does that look like?
1: It sounds crazy, but I do it at the beginning of the year wow. for the entire year. Wow. So I would say most of our weddings, you know, most of our clients book like a year to two years out for weddings. Right. So that's like the main thing that I'm looking at. And so then I, I literally go through, okay, you know, this is, um, you know, day one here and here, you know, it's just really literally blocking out every single day wow. uh, for my editors, for myself, but that's part. And maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but that's part of what my business idea was. Hey, you know, we're going to have a bunch of people that can all work normal hours in running a photography studio mm. uh, because it's a lot for one person. So, you know, I map out my associate photographer's days off, their vacations, their important events. And then, you know, we even say, OK, you know, I can do two late nights a week. Um, these are the days that I do. And so with my associates, you know, we don't schedule appointments for them on their days that are not their days to come into the office. So it, it is a lot of work up front, but I think it really pays off because it makes it easy for anybody to answer the phone and schedule appointments too, you know?
0: But you said something that was really important. I want our listeners to kind of hone in on this. We talk a lot about the idea of establishing a big picture view, this kind of overarching set of goals for our personal life that then drives what we want to do in business, which guides us to develop the appropriate business model. And you said from the outset that you wanted to create a business model that enabled your photographers, that the photographers in studio to be able to have normal hours. And this okay. may seem like a simple notion, but the fact that you decided that up front then guides your decision-making beyond that or your activities beyond that. And and this is when we talk about time management here on the podcast, what enables effective time management is knowing what it is that you're actually reaching for. And, and that's one of the elements anyway. And if you don't have a clear idea of what you're trying to accomplish – then time management can seem extremely chaotic and haphazard and you don't quite know where to start. If you know what it is you're reaching for, it makes it so much easier. So I think it's important to note that, um, you know, we actually have a system in place for a premium membership of Photographer's Edit that enables them to schedule orders in advance. And what that then enables is a faster turnaround time. What's interesting to see from in response to that system as we began to implement it was the kind of the apprehension or even disagreement and approach, if you will, to this, this idea of scheduling an order in advance. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that photographers tend to folk tend to kind of function in a haphazard manner. They're used to just going with Mm whatever is happening in the moment and reacting to things coming in. And again, that's why a lot of photographers end up working insane number of hours in a week and don't have a ton of freedom. It's because they haven't established ahead of time what they're doing, why they're doing it. And then Enabling that to guide their schedule so they can actually create time for themselves. So um, I I think about a tool that I use. In fact, I used, I think, in scheduling our podcast interview, Jody, called Calendly. And it enables me to decide ahead of time, kind of like you're alluding to, what segments of my week I want to have podcast interviews in. And it blocks off the rest of the time. And then that enables me to to certainly schedule those interviews, but not to get burnout in the process. And again, this just has to do with being proactive about what it is that you want. And then it enables the tool enables you to make it happen. So this is a really great, again, piece of advice for our listeners. For those of you listening in, it's a philosophical principle that can trickle down to the way that you actually manage your time. Huge. If you're not implementing this in your business now, make sure you go and do that. Talk to me a little bit about a self-help book, a business book, something that you've read or listened to, Jody, that has been particularly impactful to you.
1: So this is going to be really embarrassing, but I really just don't read. Um, I was thinking about this and I'm like, wow, that's probably going to show uh, (laughs) in my interview.
0: Well, no, I mean, Um, I have to jump in here really quick, though, and say that the irony, of course, is that you've, despite the fact that reading is not a thing for you, you've created a successful (laughs) business. So I guess maybe the better question in this case is, how do you learn? Is it just simply through experience? Do you get advice from others? Have you had mentors? What, What does that process look like?
1: Yes. So, yes, I listen to a lot of other photographers. I go to seminars and then I'm constantly reevaluating my process. Hey, what worked? What didn't work? Okay. I mean, it's, it's probably to the point of where some of my associates get annoyed, like, uh, you know, we just started doing it this way. Why are we changing it? I'm like, I'm always trying to make things better. and yep. easier for everyone. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of always evolving, always yes. learning. I, as cool as you think you are, I think in a lot of times as photographers, there's always something to learn. So I think for me, it's really important going to classes, listening to seminars, all of that, because, you know, if you're not willing to change and evolve and grow and make smarter decisions, you know, you're going to get lost. So for me, I just, I want to do this for as long as I possibly can. So I want to make, you know, I want to listen to what other people have to say, because honestly, you know, other people have way more to experiences than I have. Mm. So, you know, why not, why not follow along with, Hey, this is what's worked for this person and uh, go from there.
0: Well I have a lot of respect for the humility innate to what you just said <laughs> truly I do though <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean because that does make a difference right if if we if we yeah. assume that we kind of know everything or we know what we need to and and who is this person to tell me yeah. uh, then that that really can get in the way of potentially even if it's just pulling a tidbit of conversation that that we can go apply to our business if we go to a conference or we listen to a podcast or otherwise. Then, then that could potentially propel us for, forward, even just a little bit. So that keeping that open-mindedness and then a desire, a curiosity to learn and to grow, I, I can very much relate to what you're saying about, about making constant change in your team's response because I'm, I'm sure that my team, who I mean, countless times over the last <laughs> 10 plus years has, has uh, said something similar. Uh, because yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, it really is important to iterate and to be open to what the market is saying and, mm-hmm. and working to continue to improve the experience. And if we don't, we really can get lost and, and even behind the market. So it's important to keep that open mindedness. And, and again, I have a lot of respect for that. So kudos to you for that. Um, talk to me about photography. You are a photographer. I mean, you have a team, but you still shoot quite a bit. What is mm-hmm. one of the most unusual items in your camera bag? And again, this doesn't have to be a lens or a camera, otherwise something that enables you to be a better photographer.
1: Okay. Yes. So, um, I thought about this and my, I think my best tool that has saved me in so many situations yeah. are gear ties. Really? <laughs> it okay. sounds Yes. I know it sounds silly, but you can fix, you know, a piece of equipment that falls or, you know, like your flash mount, whatever yeah. you just need to be able to fix something in a pinch. Um, so yeah, I use, you know, your basic, you know, photo equipment, but I would say that and some chapstick will go a long way. Um, uh, yeah. On a wedding day, you know, you just, yeah.
0: Isn't it funny though, how the, the <laughs> simplest things like that can make such a big, big difference.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, what are you going to do if like, you know, your cold shoe breaks on a wedding day and I yeah. have to, you know, your time my flash to a light stand, it works. It's great. A hundred percent.
0: That's great. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sure Haley can find some gear ties that we can link to on in the show notes. And yeah. By the way, any of the resources that we do mention today, and of course um, Jody's website, studio website, and Instagram, we'll put all this in the show notes. If you go to Boca B O K E H Podcast dot com. Make sure to take advantage of the show notes there. Jody. let's just jump right into kind of our, our main topic, our main focus for the day, which has mm-hmm. to do with how to go about building a big photography business. And I'd love for you to give context to our listeners. Big can mean different things to different people. How many weddings and portrait sessions did your business photograph in 2018?
1: Sure. Yeah. So we did 80 weddings last year. Wow. Yep. And then we did a little over 250 sessions so, and, you know, as it's looking now, we're about a quarter of the way through the year at this point, and we're up to 110 sessions for this year. So we're definitely growing. Wow. Um. Yeah.
0: And how many photographers yeah. is that spread out amongst?
1: Yep. So there's three of us are, that are the main core members, I guess. Uh, but then we do have associate photographers that are our second, you know, second shooters on wedding days. And, um, but it's it's myself and two other photographers that are doing the majority of the photography. So yeah.
0: Does that, I mean, even with three photographers, it seems like that would be overwhelming to, to handle that number of clients. Does it ever feel that way?
1: No, I don't know. No, it really, I really do not get overwhelmed by it because again, you know, we're really, um, we're really organized over here. So, you know, myself, I, I photograph usually about, uh, 35, 40 weddings, you know, kind of max a year. And then between my two other photographers, they're, they're kind of splitting the rest. So, and it's not just, you know, Hey, contact us and, you know, you get who you get. I mean, we really, it's almost like we're all running our own individual business through the milliard brand. So if Amanda is going to be, uh, you know, potentially photographing a wedding, she's meeting with that client. She's doing her meetings with mm. them, their engagement sessions, yeah. you know? So it's kind of, it's not like I have to do everything, yes. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's really, we're a collaboration. Yeah. Um, And we're all, you know, we're sharing information. Hey, you know, this is the, you know, the timeline that we're kind of working with. What would you do? And then, you know, it's really just kind of, you know, seeing where each other need help and helping each other.
0: And I can, you can only have that kind of freedom, that flexibility and that type of workflow if you're willing to, again, acknowledge the fact that you're like, you're not the only one that knows how to be a photographer, a good photographer at that. Like you can actually freely delegate to your team, right?
1: A hundred percent. And and then it allows us to focus on, you know, as far as the sessions go, what specific genres, you know, we're interested in. Okay, So, so that's helpful too. So, you know, Amanda loves doing the boudoir sessions, you know, and I do them as well, but it's, it's nice to kind of, you know, say, Hey, I'm a little bit busy right now. We have some potential clients coming in and she'll scoop up some of those sessions and, and vice versa. So we kind of got each other's back, which has been really nice.
0: By the way, I have to, I have to compliment you on using the French pronunciation, boudoir, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: versus what we normally say, boudoir, which is, <laughs> it reminds me, so I grew up in Japan. I don't know if you know this. I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but, um, you know, there, there are certain words that we say in American culture, for example, karaoke is, in, okay. in Japanese, is actually karaoké. And it it is a Japanese word, but we go karaoke or futon. You know, like I went and sat on that futon. It's not futon. It's actually futong. Yeah, Ooh. so so just little things like that. And you you <laughs> kind of have to laugh, but thank you for putting the correct pronunciation of the word that we normally pronounce boudoir. <laughs> or, b- or boudoir.
1: Sometimes sometimes we get that, and I'm like, oh, okay. How oh, cute. I know what you're
0: saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's, it, to that point, and I've mentioned this before, but but bokeh, we, we call this the Boca podcast. Mm-hmm. It's actually also originally a Japanese word, Bokeh. But if I, if I were to go around saying it that way, I mean, the, the looks um, or responses that I would get would probably be kind of funny. So we keep it simple. We just call it bokeh. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> so as far as your business model is concerned, when you when you started your photography business, did you set out to create a big business or did you was this something that just kind of happened along the way? What did that look like?
1: So honestly, from the very beginning, I was like, why are photographers all competing with each other? You know, like Mm. I'm friends with a lot of photographers and I just felt like, you know, I don't know everything. Why don't we just kind of get together and kind of figure this out along the way together? So, I mean, it started out as, as me and then it's just, it did evolve. You know, I kind of brought people on. It's not like I started with, hey i'm going to hire a bunch of people but it was always with the notion that you know i want to have a company that's sustainable hmm. i want to have you know potentially a retirement <laughs> yeah that would be good <laughs> you know so i wanted to create a business that it wasn't just me you know and that's been really helpful in you know types of You never know what's coming down the pike if you're, you know, an emergency, a sickness, or anything like that. I wanted to have not only for myself, but for our clients too. Like they, they like to invest in a company that is sustainable and they feel that security and value in that. So that was always my idea, you know, that, you know, we should really all be working together to kind of help each other out. And then, like I said before, nobody wants to work a million hours. You know, when I, I had worked for other companies and kind of was piecing everything together and I thought, wouldn't it be great if you could just work for one company and do a little bit of everything. Mm. So that's kind of how it evolves. You know, second photographers after shooting with me for years, it's kind of like, okay, well like let's evolve and let's kind of move you to the next phase. Or maybe they come in as a studio assistant or, you know, so it's not just hire anybody and we shoot anything. No, we're very picky. We're very particular about what we do, but you know, I can't take credit for everything. I mean, it really is like a collaboration of all of us putting our heads together and uh, making the best decisions we can.
0: You mentioned the word sustainable, which is, again, not a word I think that a lot of photographers include in their mm-hmm. vocabulary when they're considering how to go about running their business. But if we want to minimize burnout, if we want to um, have a life that goes beyond you know sitting in front of a computer, editing or doing email or whatever it might be, we do have to kind of keep in mind that concept of, of a sustainable business that isn't simply reliant on just you, the individual. And there are different ways that can, we can go about doing this. I understand the significance of brands that are driven by you know, a particular face of a brand. But mm-hmm. um, if we want to create more freedom in our, in our lives as business owners, it's important to keep this in mind. And there's a book that I've mentioned on the podcast a number of times before, but it's called The E-Myth or The E-Myth Revisited. There are a couple of versions. But for those of you who listening in have not read that book or listened to that book before, I'd highly recommend picking up a copy because you do want to think about the long term. And, and it's yeah. just about trying to make it through the year, but where is this business going and how will I be able to to create a sustainable business that certainly will generate an income for me, but will also give me freedom and it'll give me flexibility and do so for the long run. So. I highly recommend that book. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Can you remember kind of a turning point where you started bringing on additional photographers? Did it happen right away? Was it a gradual process?
1: It's kind of a gradual process, but I mean, it was, I would say, you know, I started the business and, um, you know, I didn't have, you know, a studio or anything like that. And then just over time, you know, it just kept growing and saying, you know, wow, you know, I'm getting a lot of inquiries I can't possibly do all of these or, you know, there was a time where I was trying to shoot, you know, 50 or so weddings a year. And I just sort of, you know, said, well, let's not do that. Um, <laughs> so it's just been, uh, yeah, like a, like a gradual yeah, process okay. of kind of, you know, sort of filling the needs you know, we're getting a lot more sessions. I needed to have a specific session editor
0: and kind of go from there. And was there, you mentioned the, the, um, I guess how picky you are ultimately in in the photographers that you bring on, but is there a process that you go about in, in the interviewing of these photographers or a selection process? Is there a way that you find a good photographer?
1: Um, yes. So, you know, we, we do interview with people, but I like to work with people, you know, so I might kind of bring somebody in as like a, an assistant or, yeah. So I just, you know, we got to make sure that everybody gets along and we're all, but again, you know, everybody's has previous experience as well, um, that I've worked with. So I, I can't teach people photography right out of the gate. You know, you, you have to have had either an education, but doing it for a long time, Hmm. Yeah, that's really important to me is that they have to have already a set of skills and maybe even be at the point of, yeah, I don't want to do this on my own. I've I've definitely had people reach out and say, you know, I've been a photographer for this, you know, many years and I don't want to run my own business, (laughs) you know, they're like, great. I understand why. Yeah.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, there are, there's still some days where I'm like, man, the idea of going to work for somebody else and not having all the responsibility that I have. Mm-hmm.
1: I know. Yeah. And is, it less, Yeah.
0: It is appealing it, for sure. But you talked about the significance of, of working with somebody versus just interviewing mm-hmm. them. I was just having a conversation, a very similar conversation with a photographer yesterday. And, and he was talking about the fact that he's looking for someone for his his business, for his studio, and how they're going through this interview process and how, you know, like a 30 to 60-minute conversation in the form of a, quote, interview, like your traditional interview, just really doesn't cover the bases. You want to be able to enjoy being with this person and then, of course, yes. effectively work together, too.
1: Yes, absolutely. We have to be able to have a cup of coffee and be able to shoot a wedding together. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, um, and and again, you know, I really try not to have any sort of ego and and that's a big one for me too. I'm like, you know, let's just take it down a notch. <laughs> it's really it's really important to me that yeah. you know people are just humble and yes. cool and want to but also want to learn things, you know. I, I find that that's really important when I've been looking for jobs prior, you know, mm. to starting the business that I want to make sure that coming here and working that you're getting something out of it too. So, you know, maybe that's I've always had an interest in photographing newborns, you know, let me start out assisting and so on, you know. So when I say that they have to have a background in photography, it's like, you know, you have to know how a camera works. But I understand it. I'm here to also, you know, teach. It's very rewarding to me, too, for people to get something out of out of working with me. So
0: that's really you know. cool. I, I like that mentality. It reminds me actually of my friend Sean Austin, who's the CEO over at KissBooks. And he has really put a lot of emphasis in in the process of developing his company and his into the team at his company of investing in the employees that he that he works mm-hmm. with. And I just I have a lot of respect for that. You know, you could hire somebody and give them a paycheck and be done, or yeah. you can actually go beyond that and try to make an impact on someone's life. And I think running a business with an emphasis on that, whether it's with clients or your employees, I I, I just think it's the way to go. It's so much more fulfilling
1: definitely and we you know we review each other's work together as a team a lot we go over all sorts of information together all the time so that way you know i might you know like i said before i don't know everything so we're really kind of figuring it out together you know oh i really love that what were your you know what was your technique on that um and you know keeps us all humble too to kind of go through and look at each other's work and say oh you know i might have done that or oh you know So it's really a, it's a good team mentality over here.
0: Love it. And and by the way, for those of you listening in, you can, you can actually see a picture of the team. If you go to milliard, just like it sounds studios.com and then the about us section there, you can see a picture of the team there, but uh, let's, let's make this really practical and tangible for our listeners. What are some important principles that have enabled you to build such a large business? Because I, you know, I understand that probably for most photographers in our industry, it's not their natural inclination to think about systems and a team and how to go about managing, you know, eighty, a hundred weddings or a couple hundred portrait sessions. It's just that idea seems extremely overwhelming to them. But I, I wonder too, if if part of the reason that there is a sense of overwhelm there is just a lack of understanding about how to go about that process, like what actually makes it attainable or feasible. So I'm wondering if you could share a few important principles that have enabled you to build such a big business.
1: Absolutely. So clarity for me, I think is really, really important. You have to be really clear with your clients. You have to have really set packages, very specific important information that gets delivered to them every single time. So, you know, we put together a whole magazine for every genre of photography that we offer that kind of goes over, this is what you should expect. This is when your photos will be ready. Um, You have to, you can't just make things up or, you know, say, you know, you should get your photos in and about this amount of time. Mm. Like, I think for me, I would want to know, you know, when am I going to get that sneak peek, you know, or when am I going to have my photos ready? What's the process for your album design? So we're really upfront and very clear with our clients from the get go. This is what we do. This is when you would expect your images. And it's a very basic concept too, but it's, you know, the under promise over deliver. I mean, it's, it's just how it works best. I mean, you never want someone to say, I never want someone to come back and say, well, you said this, but that's not what happened. That to me, I can't. I can't live with.
0: I can't live with that. <laughs> well, another so, C word that comes to mind here is consistency. You know, consistency and yes. the delivering of a particular experience, which represents your brand. So you're clearly communicating up front, and then you're consistently delivering mm-hmm. on your word, which is sadly, I don't know, is something that that um, is the norm these days. So actually, following through on what you say you're going to do is is really important and. Um, I have, again, I have a lot of respect for that. Okay. So clarity is a, is a first step And it. Would you say too, like when you, when you're saying clarity, I mean, clarity too, in the way that you communicate with your team and, and managing their expectations, mm-hmm. because managing, again, managing a team is not something that I think a lot of people are familiar with.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There are, you know, everything is really specific. You know, these are the hours that we operate. I mean, this is, I mean, Yes, very clear with um, the people that I work with and and definitely with the clients as well. And the thing is, is that if you're constantly reiterating this information Mm. to your staff, then it's very easy and very natural for them to also to be able to communicate that with your clients as well, if you're not in the office. So it's very specific details yeah. that, you know, it just becomes second nature for everyone.
0: Did, did you develop a, a handbook of sorts for your team or did you, did you just kind of outline those principles? And like you said, consistently communicate them to your team so that there's no confusion.
1: Exactly. Yes, we do have them. Um, you know, Word documents that we kind of go through and everything. But yeah, for the most part, it's just really about, you know, once you're in here, you're kind of getting right involved in the experience and it's, it becomes pretty clear as the more you're here.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's really great. <laughs> yeah. so, so clarity is the the number one principle. What's another one?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me, this is really important. I think you really need to listen. You need to listen to your clients and what is important to them. So, For me, I, you know, if I'm potentially meeting with a wedding client, you know, everybody has something that's a little bit more important than other things on their wedding day. Right. And so for me, I'm just kind of talking towards what's important to them because it's something that we already do, but you kind of want to hear what is important to them and then. Tell them why what you do is going to work for them. So a perfect example of that would say, you know, maybe I'm at a bridal show and a bride's feeling very overwhelmed by, oh, you know, I don't know what to do. And, you know, there seems like there's so much to go on on a wedding day. And how do we do that? You know, I kind of would talk to her about how we're really big planners that, you know, we've been doing it for a long time. So we'll be able to guide you through like how long certain events are going to take when these things happen. So for me, then I'm also taking a lot of notes on that, you know, Oh, this couple is really uncomfortable in front of the camera. Okay. That's the very normal one. We all kind of are right. But right. I might write that down. And then, you know, also engaging with them, I'll talk about, Hey, you know, doing an engagement session is really going to break the ice and kind of get you more comfortable. So I think that it's really listening to what's important to people, and then hmm. gearing what you do to them. Like, yes, it's still within my style, it's still within my business practices yeah. and, and what we do. But it's, you know, you'd be surprised how many people, you know, like they want great photos, but they really want a great experience. You know, I never say I'm, you know, the world's greatest photographer out there. I mean, I think that we are really good, but, but the same time you know we want it to be easy so that we're just one less stress in their life Mm. (laughs) especially you know with all the different genres we do i mean newborns too like we want to make sure people really understand what that process is going to be like you know they want to meet their photographer we want to you know just kind of set those expectations out and, and knowing that they're in really good hands so yeah we're just kind of listening to what's important to them you know and then kind of talking about how what we do makes sense for them.
0: Well, and it's like what you said at, at the very beginning of our conversation, actually, that it's not about you. It's about the client, mm-hmm. about doing, about serving them ultimately. And and I love that emphasis. Okay, so clarity, and then the significance of of listening, knowing and understanding what's important to the client. What's another principle?
1: It sounds so basic, but just being nice. I, I can't tell you. I mean, I feel like I've met so many photographers who are very... You know, like this is my day. Like these are my photos. For me, it's not about that. I just want to be nice, be able to make my clients happy. I want to be nice to the DJ and to the coordinator and really be respectful to everybody that's involved. So it sounds so silly, but. You know, you just have to be kind. And what's nice about that is that I think people want to give you that kindness back when you show them, (laughs) you know, I really care about you because... I really do. I want them to have the best experience. I want them to have beautiful photos. Here's how we're going to do it. We just, it's, it's crazy, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a diva. You know, I want to just make sure for me, the most rewarding part and same with my associates, we want that feedback after the wedding. Oh, we had such a great time and wow, we love our photos. Um, that to me is all the payment in the world, you know?
0: I love it. You know, I talk about the fact that that on this podcast, we don't necessarily share earth shattering concepts. It's about emphasizing and reemphasizing the important ones, the ones that make a big difference. And when we're talking about the significance of being clear, you know, be clear, listen, Mm -hmm. be nice or be kind. Uh, these are very simple principles, but the reality is that if we actually implement them consistently, it can make a really big difference. You know, if somebody's like, Jody shoots 80 weddings a year and 200 portrait sessions, you must have some secret sauce. Uh, and and nope. they're, they're waiting to hear that big <laughs> secret. And, and yet they're they're led to find out that, that these basic principles, which are in, just hugely important, are what has yeah. ultimately made the difference for you. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing.
1: Trust me, like anybody could do it it's it's really that simple if that's what you want you know yeah i don't have any earth shattering concepts over here
0: well but, and to be clear that was not <laughs> at all the criticism no, that, that, that's i mean no. this is this is a compliment to the fact that you've actually put emphasis on what matters in the end i, I think it's a really Absolutely. wonderful example for our listeners
1: yeah yeah very very achievable be
0: nice uh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> now I do have one kind of follow up question though, because I'm curious, especially with the amount of growth that that you saw, and, and you you put your fri- mm-hmm. your pricing right out there on your website. So, uh, for example, wedding collections range from twenty eight hundred to sixty eight hundred. Just looking mm-hmm. at the the data that I've seen, anyway, that still puts you in the the upper end. Um, but mm-hmm. when, and, and you have newborn prices there and in studio, um, looks like the session fee for uh, newborn is 300, a reservation is 200 for, for families, et cetera. And for those of you listening in, you can go look at this information there on the site, but do you, did pricing play in any role, do you think, in the quick growth that you saw? For example, when I started, I started at an extremely low price. And of course, that enabled me to be able to book a lot of weddings quickly right. at our studio. But but did that, I mean, did you follow the same approach? How? What part, I guess, does pricing play, do you think, in the number of events and sessions that you're shooting a year?
1: Yes. Okay. So yeah, I did not start out super inexpensive. Okay. I kind of thought right out of the gate, well, how many clicks on my camera is that going to be? Okay. Like this camera is really expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I kind of, you know, so it doesn't, I don't think that it really matters how good or not good you are right out of the gate is that you need to set a value that is going to make you money, which is what you Mm. need to do. So, you know, we have uh, raise prices over time, but we don't do them in a way that's just astronomical. That's going to blow the water, you know, from, or, you know, blow some of our previous clients out of the water. You know, we want them to be able to still understand, like, you know, we're growing and again, kind of going back to clear communication. We really haven't had clients come back and get upset if we raised our prices over the years and they've been with us from the very beginning. Hmm. So, We're, you know, we're not a very cheap company. We have a lot. Yeah. You know, like on average, I would say our, our wedding clients are spending between 35 and uh, $5,500 in our, in our wedding packages. Wow. Yeah. So, but again, you know, we have options for people that are going to work that, you know, starting out at $2,800, that's still above, you know, an inexpensive price point, but it's still achievable. So I think By not scaring people away by saying, you know, most of our clients spend $5,500. You know, we're kind of saying like there definitely are options. There's something in here if you want to have great photos, come in and meet with us. And then, yeah. So then they can kind of go from there. I'm not sure I answered your question correctly,
0: though. <laughs> oh, no, no, totally. I I just kind of wanted your perspective. And and I guess ultimately your experience in, in that process, because to, to book that many sessions a year, I mean, I, if somebody mm-hmm. were to tell me that they were shooting, you know, $1,000, $1,500 weddings, which by the way, are, are necessary. Um, yeah, I won't even say an evil, like they're necessary for a certain segment of, of the US market. I, I wouldn't be necessarily as surprised if, if I were to hear that, right. as somebody who is charging the price point that you do, which already puts you up in the kind of top 10 to 15% or so, uh, maybe even less depending on on the price that you're getting. And, and so it's interesting to hear that you've been able to book that many weddings, that many portrait sessions at that price point. Um, it speaks loudly to potentially the market that you're in, certainly, but also to the experience that you're providing, that the people are willing to pay that and likely refer others to you to pay that kind of fee. And, uh, but I was just curious to, to get your take on the topic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like that's the biggest, um, uh, thing for us are referrals. I mean, that's mm. that, which is awesome. You right. know, we, you know, people want to be able to have a great experience. I mean, that's at the end of the day, I think that's like the most valuable thing, um, that you can offer your clients is a really yes. easy experience yes. because honestly, people are so busy, you know, um, and they just want to get the information and, you know, kind of be, have their hand held through the process a little bit. And again, you know, there's no sneakiness about what we do. We're very like This is our pricing. This is what we do. This is what you need. Um, you know, for me, I also want to think about like if I were to be getting married, what are the things that I would want out of my photographer? And so those are the things that the must-haves that I include in the packages and I explain why that's important. And I think our clients go, Yeah, you know, that absolutely makes sense. That makes sense. I I think yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's Um, that
0: empathy again though, too. You're thinking about what would what would Make a good experience for them, and part of that is based on on your experience and and uh, mm-hmm. that you that you can relate to them in that way. I think is impactful. Uh, but I, I, this has been a really great conversation, and definitely a valuable conversation at that. Jody, I really appreciate you making time for us. Can you just share briefly one more time where our listeners can find you online, your website, and social media, so they can kind of follow what you're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Everything is Milliard Studios. So dot com, or on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. So it's all just Milliard Studios.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you again for your time. This is this has really been a valuable conversation all around.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Book of Podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is Nathan at com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the Wedding and Portrait Photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. dot com.